What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful. Wait a minute. Gold Lane Drive? Gold Leaf Lane. Gold Leaf Lane. Why do I always want to say Gold Lane? Okay, let me fix that here in my script. Hey, let's start. Hey, live it on tape from beautiful Gold Leaf Lane Drive here in lovely Garner, North Carolina. It is Monday, May the 22nd in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 864 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, will be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. However, we have another great show for you today. Joining me right now, I guess I should say I'm joining him on the show in the best dang man cave in all the land <laughs> is the owner of said man cave. He's our regular Friday guest. We've spent an entire weekend together. Are you tired of me yet? No, not yet. Not yet. Maybe <laughs> by the end of this uh, this hour. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's uh, the great Paul Whittington. Uh, let's see. We've... Uh, we. Man, just had an incredible weekend in North Wilkesboro at the uh, NASCAR All-Star Race. You got to see Galax, Virginia and the and the Walmart in Galax, Virginia and the convenience store with the little barriers or the little concrete barriers that look like cigarettes. I really thought they looked like cigarettes. Where was that? At the convenience store when we stopped. When you got gas that day and I took pictures of it and put it on Snapchat. They look like the, the concrete barriers are about this high. And they look like cigarettes. It's off. It's already cycled off of Snapchat oh. by now. I mentioned it to you. You I, mentioned a lot of things to me this weekend. <laughs> yes, I, I do. Did. I do not remember the cigarette. Uh, <coughs> they look bars. like little individual uh, cigarettes. Hmm. Oh, anyway. Well, I'll uh, I'll head back up there. Yeah, you do that now, no, okay? Oh man, what a weekend, dude! Yeah, what a weekend. A lot of racing. Um, a lot of Kyle Larson up front. We saw that in the truck series race. We saw it last night in the cup yeah. series race. Uh, a lot of a lot of cool happening, um, just with bringing the track back and and all the nostalgia associated with that. And then, um, yeah, just a, a great weekend. Very positive, and I uh, can't wait to do it again. I know, me either, man. I tell you what, we we there are some changes we're going to do next year, though. We had a good time. Obviously, uh, and we're going to break it down a little bit and talk about talk about the great time we had. But, dude, uh, there are some uh, things that I'm going to do differently this time or, or, or in uh, in 2024. And the first one, man, we mentioned this. Uh, oh, we're going to have to talk about Alex Hayden here in a little bit, obviously. But uh, the one big change to me, dude, was just, you know, I was at the final race almost 27 yeah. years ago and it just it's crazy to me that they reopened the track and they shrink the size of the seats dude <laughs> yeah i've heard you say that a couple of times listen i don't know if the seats got any smaller that might be awkward but dude 
They did. I remember, and I'm not saying that I was super crazy comfortable the last time I was there, but I remember having a little cooler under my feet and, you know, and being able to sit there and my butt cheeks weren't hanging off one side or one or the other. I mean, it was, it was very comfortable. I I don't know why they would shrink the seats the way they did. There is nothing that is now or has ever been comfortable about those seats. (laughs) That's true. That is absolutely true. But uh, I, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit more of a man than I was 27 years ago. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. I think, yeah. I think we all anyway, are. Anyway, uh, it, it was, uh, man, we're like, I said, we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about it quite a bit here before we get our first hour guest up here on the line with us. He is our regular Monday guest here on the Brian Hanks show. Uh, he's the Dean of ENC sports talk host. He's also the host of the drive with Mark Panicelli on two, five, two ESPN Monday through Friday at 5 PM. Guess who it is? Who's that? Mark Panicelli. Hi, Mark. He'll be joining us here in about 20 minutes. Uh, man, we didn't. In fact, we made. I made a point of not wanting to listen to it uh, last night on the way back as we were listening to the post game of the NASCAR. And then it, they did a commercial. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. The Celtics are playing. Whoops. <laughs> <sighs> Dude, I mean, I, I'm not nearly as depressed as I am about our hurricanes. We'll get into that here in a, in a little bit too, but I got to tell you, Paul, I'm, uh, I did not see this coming. I, in fact, I thought the Celtics were going to win uh, their series. Probably. I thought at the outside, it would be in six games. And I thought, well, you know what? They'll probably win it in five games and, you know, we'll go from there. But, uh, dude, the Celtics are in trouble, man. Down three games to none. Uh, game four is in a couple of days. And, uh, dude, I just, I, I did not see this coming. I know you're not the biggest uh, NBA fan in the world, but, uh, I mean, you you wouldn't have predicted this, though, would you? I don't know that I would have predicted anything. Um, I I really don't know. Okay. I really don't know. Um, I mean, I, it is it is certainly possible to, uh, to go down three games to nothing to get swept in four games. It's happening right now in the NHL, both series uh, at two games apiece. Uh, to to the winning team, Vegas Golden Knights went up on Dallas last night, two to nothing. Uh, the Canes are are currently down two to nothing. So um, I mean, any, anything's possible in the playoffs. How about the Eastern and Western Conference Finals of both the NBA and the NHL playoffs? And both of them look like they're on the threshold or on the possibility. I wouldn't say on the threshold, but both of them could end up four. All four series end up four to nothing sweeps. That would because be it's something. the same thing with yep. the Lakers and uh, the Nuggets. That's a three games to none series. Uh, the Celtics and the Heat, three games to none. You know, I said this to you, and I, I'm sure I'm far, far from the only person that said this, uh, Paul. You got to think uh, the people over at uh, in Bristol, Connecticut, up at ESPN <laughs> and the ABC folks, wherever they're based out of New York, I guess, they can't be real happy right now that uh, that we're staring down the barrel of a Denver versus Miami NBA Finals when you could have had – uh, Celtics versus Lakers series, which yeah. would be one for the ages. I you got to think they can't be that happy about that. No, probably not. Uh, Celtics Lakers would be the the preferred series. There would be a lot, uh, a lot more nostalgia to come from a series like that. <laughs> there would be uh, a lot more interest to come from a series like that. But we'll see what we get. Hey, uh, a listener right now, Linda Whitting Waddington Whittington. Waddington. It's Waddington. Waddington. It's probably Waddington. It yeah. said, uh, said, we sound good this morning. All right. Thanks, she said, Linda. Hey, she said we're loud and clear. 
Loud and clear. Uh, well, then she changed it to clear. Thank you, Claire. <laughs> In fact, she said, own word, nice, loud, and clear. And then she meant to change it to clear, and then she meant to change it to on air, <laughs> and then she said, yikes. So, uh, shout out there. Shout well, out there you. to faithful listener, Linda Whitington. Yeah, thanks, Claire, for listening, and uh, we, <laughs> we appreciate the feedback. There you go. So, Mark uh, Panicelli joining us here in our first hour, like I said, in about, uh, about uh, 10, 12 minutes from right now. And then that's just our first hour as I'm sitting here again in this just gorgeous man cave up here. You know what I need to do? I need to, I need to get some pictures and post it along with uh, – your appearance here because this is just amazing dude i mean I, i've bragged on it before see i like to think i have the best man cave in the world other than the, my i've told you and i'll say it again my only just small 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 thing i don't like how your tvs uh, you've got your big tv and then you got your two smaller tvs which by the way if you don't have three tvs in your man cave right now <laughs> how are you even living life would right? you not agree with that i would agree but you've got them offset to the left which is fine they look good and i mean it, it, it you know it's great but good God, dude, the memorabilia you have in here is just insane. We're we're sitting in the uh, Carolina Hurricanes corner of uh, mm-hmm. of the man cave where you've got every uh, uh, what the homegrown series uh, posters all framed. What ninety nine percent of them signed? It is. Yeah, there's uh, only one or two that aren't signed. Um. This is the Hurricanes corner. I guess most corners are the Hurricanes <laughs> corner. That that corner behind me also a Hurricanes corner. Yeah. That corner blends. Yeah, it does. So it, if you put this table there, one person would be in the Hurricanes corner. The other person would be in the Ravens corner. Um, and then that's just the National slash Beer core corner behind you. The National slash Beer. I yeah. like that. Like, but dude, yeah. this is awesome. Didn't we try to estimate the last time I was here how many pieces? I mean, if yeah. you count each piece of memorabilia, it all was... the pucks, all the baseballs, uh, just everything, it has to be 200? It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. A lot of memorabilia in here. It's crazy. But uh, like I said, uh, you and Mark Panicelli, Paul Whittington, Mark Panicelli here in our first hour and then in our second hour. He'll be joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line. It'll be the new or you call him the old head basketball coach at a Rendell Parrot Academy, Clay Harrell. Uh, good dude, man. Uh, he announced on social media late last week. We we're going to try to have him on Friday, but dude, he had to cover somebody's class or something. Okay. Come on, Clay. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, he's accepted the position at uh, a Rendell Parrot Academy or re-accepted it. I said he was gone for a couple of years. I think he was only gone for one season. Does that sound right? No, nah, I think it was two. Was it two? Yeah, okay. I think it was two. Okay, well, we'll find out for sure how many, how long it was because uh, he is back. Maybe you're right. Because I think Chris yeah. Brown was only the coach for one year. Yeah, he was only yeah. gone for one year because um, I, I think about I think about things in terms of football seasons, and we only didn't have him on the sidelines for one year. There you go. So I think yeah, there you go. So one year, but he is back. Uh, we're excited to have him back in Lenora County. Uh, like I said, he spent that one year in Wilson County. And I guess I can't wait to talk to him, but I'm assuming it was just probably one of those deals where they just, uh, they made him a, what is the old Godfather line? They made him uh, an offer he couldn't refuse. (laughs) Hey, good job on, good job on you, David Moody and uh, all the folks over at 
Rendell Parrott Academy because uh, he's one of the good guys. I know he he's a favorite of yours and mine, isn't he? He is. He is. We like Clay Harrell. Uh, see him at a lot of Canes games. Obviously, see him at a lot of ECU games. Going to see him at even more Parrott Academy games now. Yep, there you go. And there was that, uh, he's a big NASCAR guy, too. You big, see oh, him, yeah. Uh, see him yeah. at a lot of races. Yeah. Yep. Was hoping to uh, see him last night up in North Wilkesboro, but uh, he was not able to make it. Okay, so there you go. Uh, Paul Whittington, Martin Panicelli, Clay Harrell on today's show. Let me, uh, before we jump into uh, feet deep into the monologue here, let's thank Lenore Community College. They are the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show, as they have been pretty much since the formation of this show for uh, more than 65 years. Lenore Community College has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit the website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton. Find out how you can change your life today. In fact, Paul Woodington, I bet you didn't know this, but your alma mater, Lenore Community College, they started their summer semester today. Oh, wow. Summertime. <laughs> yeah, summertime indeed. Summertime blues this morning if you're going to school. The, I know because you're improving your life. Don't you remember how excited you were every morning when you got up to go to LCC and, you know, to Brian, get... Brian, I'm going yeah. to shut this down for a second, okay? Because <laughs> I'm... Uh, I'm not as far removed from college as as you were, or as you are, rather. Yeah. Um, there are some folks waking up for 8 a.m. classes this morning uh-huh. that are driving to LCC wondering <laughs> why. Why yeah. did they do this? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> there are a lot of people out there that graduate high school and go immediately into Lenore Community College. And for them, it's like grade 13, yeah. right? And and they are not excited to be there, um, but on it's a May box they got to check. Yeah, on May twenty second. Wow. But there are a now the people that are not excited to be there uh, are far outweighed by the people that are super excited to further their education. But <laughs> it is there is only so excited you can only be so excited when you're actually paying for it. There you go. Well, I graduated uh, in 96. Mm-hmm. What, how old were you in 96? When did you graduate in 96? Like what? In uh, May of 96. Five. You were five years old. Five years old. A young uh, Golden Locks, uh, <laughs> not Goatee Locks, but. I was, uh, I was actually, uh, I would have been in kindergarten. Okay. I turned five in kindergarten and. That would have been around the time you graduated. I, I'd have been wrapping up kindergarten, getting ready for the summer, heading into first grade. I love it. I love it. I, I love also that uh, Linda's told me, I was about to say a couple of times, she's told me several times that the only thing that saved your life was yeah. uh, your blue eyes and your blonde hair. If it hadn't have been for that, she might have only had two sons, Paul Whittington. <laughs> I've heard that a couple of times. <laughs> Just a couple, a couple of times? Just a couple. Yeah, there Just you go. Couple. So listen, uh, thank you again, Lenore Community College, for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. We truly do appreciate uh, them for that. Uh, man, where do you want to start? Hey, let's. Uh, you know what? We'll talk uh, hurricanes uh, when we get uh, 
Panicelli up here on the line with us. Uh, let's talk uh, down east Wood Ducks. Uh, the Woodies, they finished their six-game homestand with the Fayetteville Woodpeckers yesterday with a 4-1 to win at Historic Granger Stadium. They did wrap up their six-game uh, home set with the Packers uh, by winning uh, the last two games to force a split, a 3-3 three to -three split. In fact, their 12-game homestand altogether, they ended up going 6-6. Six and six. Uh, they began a six-game road trip in Zebulon at the hated Carolina Mudcats tomorrow at 7 o'clock in the worst ballpark in the Carolina League. Would you not agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, just it's, a cookie it's not cutter. great. Got to pay for parking there too, man. Yeah, you got to pay for parking, and I don't know. There's just not great sight lines. There's really in not. That, in that stadium. Well, and it's not just that, but aluminum seats and just, I don't know, dude. It's just, it's a... It, it's a thrown-together ballpark that, mm -hmm. you know, that they did, I don't even know, uh, 25 years ago, whenever it was, at five-county stadium. They can't even decide what county they want to be in, <laughs> Paul. Uh, but uh, but uh, the Wood Ducks, they are a half game behind the hated Mudcats in the Carolina League North Division. Uh, so they'll be there for six games, and then they will return home a week from tomorrow. So uh, a little bit of uh, time off from our Woodies. If uh, you want to go to the worst ballpark in the Carolina League, you can do that. Uh, all the games are at 7 today through Thursday. Excuse me, today through Friday. Then a 5 o'clock game on Saturday, 1 o'clock game on Sunday up in Zebulon. But why would you want to give your money to the hated Carolina Mudcats? To see the Wood Ducks play. Yeah, there you go. That Good answer, good answer. Uh, ECU. Uh, they finished their three-game sweep at South Florida. It was not easy, though. <laughs> it definitely wasn't easy. It seemed like, other than yesterday, uh, they struggled in the first two games of the series. In fact, we're down three to nothing on Thursday. Or I said yesterday, but I meant uh, Saturday. They were down three to nothing on uh, Thursday. They roared back to win that eight to three. They trail, I think, until their final at bat or their final couple of at bats uh, on on Friday. But they win that. Here's the thing, and you have to. I mean, you're you're an ECU grad, and you're a big ECU sports fan and, and baseball fan. Here's what's crazy, man. You would think this team was a 500 team by the way people complain about it on the you know on yeah. social media. Yeah. Paul, you want to guess what their record is, or do you know off the top of your head? I don't know off the top of my head, but I know it's a winning record. Dude, they're and 41 and 15. Yeah, not bad. They're eighteen and six in the AAC. It just this, these three little initials RPI is just factoring into all this. Uh, like I said, forty-one and 15, 18 and six in the AAC. They've won ten of their last eleven games. They've won their last nine games in a row in the AAC, and uh, yet it looks like uh, it, unless and this is from reading the experts and talking to experts and all that, uh, Paul. In fact. We're going to try to have uh, Scott Rogers on, Scooter Rogers on uh, tomorrow's show as they're getting ready to start the uh, AAC tournament tomorrow. But it depends on who you talk to, but the numbers I've seen, Paul, maybe you've seen something different. They're going to pretty much have to sweep through the AAC. I think if they don't lose a game in the AAC tournament, uh, which is down in uh, Clearwater, Florida, and starts tomorrow, they, uh, they're going to have to win all four games they play, not lose a game just to guarantee maybe a, a 14, 15, or 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. What have you seen? I hadn't seen very much. I haven't kept up with them a, a, a ton this year. I mean, I yeah. keep up with all with all the messages that you, you Scott, and Danny send, and um, I, I keep up with 
with the record and and try to keep up after a weekend series, but but I don't I don't follow it too closely. I, I still don't understand the RPI calculation. That's a weird way to to calculate things to me. I, I I'm not in love with RPI. I I like going off winning percentage. That to me seems more reasonable. Forty one and fifteen, yeah. dude. That's almost a seventy five percent winning percentage. Yet you're going to have to win four more games and get over a seventy five win percentage to just to guarantee yourself. I guess part of it is the AAC is just way, way down this year. The SEC is just way up. The, even the ACC, which starts their conference tournament this week too. Well, they, they, And that's the other thing I don't – not the other thing. ECU stands pretty much alone atop the AAC standings. Yeah. Well, that Houston's right there a game behind them, but Well, yes. I mean there are several games back. Houston's okay. 33 and 21 in the conference. Yeah, they're okay, they're a game game Oh, excuse me, I'm looking at overall record. Yeah, they're they're one game behind in in the conference, but they I mean there's several back in the uh yeah. in the in the overall standings. Wow. Well, it, you I, know what? Here's how you settle it. They've won their last nine conference games, Paul. Yeah. Sweep through this thing this week. Uh don't worry about a loss. Let the let the dominoes fall yep. where they may because what? I'm telling you they've got a really good chance if they well not a good chance I think they pretty much guarantee themselves a, hey, because they want a regional at home they yep. don't want to have to go on the they don't want to have to go I've seen and I know you have too because Scotty boy is uh, really <laughs> Scotty will send you a, a text message or two won't he Oh yes Oh yes <laughs> But I've seen uh, projections that he sent of. Uh, of them going maybe to Charlottesville or even to Durham or at one time when Campbell was playing better, maybe even up to Bowie's Creek to play there. I, I don't think that's going to happen now. Campbell's really struggled over the last couple of weeks. But uh, let's get us a home series. I want to be on the mic one more time anyway for uh, ECU. So Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, I, why is college basketball the only college sport that has their playoffs figured out? I don't know. No, the, I mean, the I tournament makes it. all the sense in the world, the, the rankings and stuff. Everybody understands it. Then you get to baseball, and it's all RPI-based, and nobody nobody knows what's what. And then you get to, to football. It maybe, what does RPI even stand for? I don't, I don't uh, know. Ratings percentage index. Why, why don't we have RPI in football? If we had RPI in football, we might have had Alabama in the, uh, in the playoff. Well, dude, that is pretty much the way before we had the college football yeah. playoff. It wasn't called RPI. It was called whatever the – Whatever. It now was it's just called. a committee of SEC nut jobs that all take a vote <laughs> and say, "Oh, look, it's a lot of SEC schools in the playoff." Well, there's going to be a lot this year. I think uh, I saw uh, what the Division One D One Baseball dot com, which seems to be the one that a lot of people follow. I mean, I know there, Baseball America used to have the best college baseball uh, polls, but it is become such a joke over the past four or five years that like I said it, I, I always say his name right or incorrect and I know he's a quasi competitor of ours but Steven Igo is that how you say it or mm-hmm. yeah Steven Igo Igo uh that's the one he he trusts and if Steven Igo trusts it then by god it's what I trust yeah, sure yeah no <laughs> I mean nobody knows uh ECU uh, athletics better than he does so if he uses it by golly I use it too I like it. There you go. I like it. Okay, so uh, maybe we'll do a little. Uh, dude, it's we're three minutes over already. We got it. We need to get uh, <laughs> Panicelli up here on the line with us. NASCAR All Star Weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about it. Let, let's get him up on the line, and we'll just dive sure. into that. What do you think? Yeah. I tell you what. Uh, let me thank our good friends at ah, Keith Spence is listening right now. Let's uh, thank Spence Automotive. 
It's where I get my car service. It's where Paul Whittington gets his car inspected and serviced too. His car, his beautiful Toyota Tundra truck that uh, we we rode in all week long. Uh, but uh, it's where I get my car service. It's where you should go to. Located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building. Next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lot, Spence Automotive is owned by our good friend and local sport, sports writing legend, uh, Keith Spence. It's open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires, too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011 the next time you need your car serviced. Or when you need new tires and tell him the Brian Hanks show sent you. And for whatever reason, hey, Panicelli, hold on. I see you're on the line. I'm trying to get you patched over to my uh, roadcaster. For some reason, it didn't automically connect. Bluetooth, trash technology. Bluetooth, is I it, say is it, it all really? the time. I hate Bluetooth. Well, for whatever reason, ah, there we go. Uh, can you hear me, uh, Mark Panicelli? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Sorry. I don't know what happened. Uh, you heard, uh, Paul Whittington call Bluetooth trash tech. Why is it trash technology there? Paul? It never works. It never works. I get in my truck all the time. Sometimes CarPlay connects. Sometimes it doesn't. And it's always your Bluetooth device cannot connect. I just, I hate Bluetooth technology. It is the absolute worst. There has to be a better way to get a device to connect to something else other than Bluetooth. There's got to be a better way in 2023. There you go. Mark Panicelli, your thoughts on Bluetooth? These kids were spoiled. I was was just glad the tape player didn't eat the tape, you know, back in our day. You know, you ever put it in there and it's like, no, I just bought that tape. What are you doing? These are are our problems, Bluetooth. And the worst part, exactly, and the worst part, like, you know, the the DJ uh, gives you a heads up and says, hey, We've got some Def Leppard come. That new song from Def Leppard is coming up here and, you know, uh, a little bit. And, of course, he lies to you and plays like four more songs before he plays, you know, the new Def Leppard song. So you're sitting there with your finger just poised over the record button. Ah, doggone it. They played another uh, ACDC song. Oh, look, they played another uh, Foreigner song. And they, they tease you. That, see, this is what we had to complain about, Paul Whittington, back in the day. And then he talks all over the top of it, so you get his voice for the first 10 or 11 seconds of it. And then he talks all over the end of it, so you get, I don't know, man. The, I'm with you, dude. These kids these days, they don't know how good they got it, do they? Bluetooth. I, gosh, I, I wish we had Bluetooth. We had black tooth when I was a kid. You got to go to the dentist for that. <laughs> and he would take it out for you. He would. Or he'd put one of those caps on it. Remember those? Yeah, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Panicelli on the uh, Spence Automotive guest line with us right now. And uh, I can't believe he, uh, Paul and I sat here. We didn't really talk about a whole lot, it didn't feel like. And we were already 23 minutes into the show. But uh, we haven't, in fact, we've done zero talk about the NASCAR All Star weekend in North Wilkesboro, where we spent the entire weekend. And I, but this is the beauty of having you on here right now, Panicelli. I just wanted to get your view. What did it look like on TV? I mean, obviously, you know, Paul and I were there and, you know, we're getting our row four view or row five view from the start finish line. And I mean, it was beautiful to us. How did it come across on uh, Fox sports one? 
Yeah, you guys did have really good seats. Um, on television, it looked great. The, especially during the race, the, the, the stands were packed. And, uh, and it's just one of those, <clears throat> it's such a, you know, I heard one of the drivers mention this. It's just, it's such an intimate racetrack. It's, it, you know, you're kind of on top of the action. And uh, You're on top so, of the person sitting beside you, too. <laughs> <laughs> He's not so, wrong. No, it's it's like you know, uh, Fenway looks really good on TV, and then you go there and you realize how small the seats are. I guess that's what you guys are telling me. But the um, but but the truth is, uh, on TV it looked great. I mean, it, it really did uh, look uh, look good. The track now, uh, and again, we we have the benefit of. Uh, of high definition. It looked brutal. I mean, even on television, like did up close and you guys were close enough. You mentioned how many rows. I so I got to ask you again on TV. It looked, it looked really great. We can talk about the race itself, uh, last night, uh, in a minute, but, uh, did the racetrack look as beat up and choppy as it did on television up close? Cause I mean, it looked like, uh, it you know it, it 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 definitely looked like it was going to eat the tires up and it did. It looked like uh, many sections of the Johnston work zone right outside, uh, <laughs> right on I forty, <laughs> right out, right out of my house. Yeah, it, there there were parts of it that looked good. You know, we had Alex Hayden on the program on Friday and and he kind of mentioned the the weariness over the track surface because they ran the uh, the modifieds on it last Wednesday and and there were a lot of issues with the racetrack coming up. And there, those issues kind of persisted, and, and we had the chance to talk to him on Saturday after the truck race, and I and I asked him how uh, how the track was holding up, and he pointed over to a crew, and he's like, they're fixing it right now. He said, but this was, the truck race was the worry. If we could get through this without any major issues, then we felt really good. And the reason that was, Mark, was because they had 250 laps in the truck race. That was the longest single event of the weekend the uh, the open or excuse me the heat races following the truck race were only sixty laps apiece, and then the open was only a hundred laps, and the all star race was only two hundred laps. So we got through that truck race with only minor incidents, with only small pieces of of asphalt coming up, and uh, it worked out. Fortunately, the 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 surface held together. Now, if we go back there, I I think maybe a repave is in our future. But uh, yeah, the 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 track surface definitely looked brutal at times. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. So I, I'm, I hate to hijack your show, Brian, but it's, I'm a, I love thing, it. Look, no, 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 dude. No, I'm no, no. Plant Panatelli, so, keep going. I love this because I'm sitting here. You two are having a conversation, and I feel like I'm listening to two just experts. This is awesome, dude. The well, you're so kind. You're so kind. The the uh, so my question is this: I don't want it to be glossed over, and I don't think it is. At least, certainly from people uh, that that work in the industry. But something revolutionary happened this weekend, and I know you guys caught it. Saturday, we had a, a, a damp waste tra- a damp racetrack from the rain. And what we've discovered is that uh, if we don't have these standing water uh, situations, that we can put these wet tires on these cars, on these short tracks, and still get racing. And some of the racing was actually, you know, fairly decent. And so... One thing that I used to love about the all-star race is um, the technology. Um, and there's so many great stories about, uh, you know, guys running, and I'm using air quotes, illegal cars in that race. 
but it was also a chance for those sort of technologies to surface. And I would say from a sport uh, that really is so dependent on Mother Nature that we've discovered now a way where we might be able to dance around these brutal days where Mother Nature isn't cooperating. If we don't have the standing water, we can put these wet tires on this thing, tracks. Uh, I would say minus like Bristol or any of the high bank stuff. But I would say if you're at Martinsville and it's a damp day, I mean, instead of waiting on it to be completely dry, if you don't have any weepers, you put the wet tires on and let's go racing. I'm telling you, dude, and Paul can speak to this more and he can uh, take this right after I say this. What was crazy about it, Mark, was that they were doing 110 mile an hour laps on the wet tires. When they put the slicks back on, they were only doing 103 mile an hour laps. They were going seven. <laughs> Dude, that to me I know. didn't. I mean, you talk about illogical. That was illogical to me that you're going seven miles an hour faster around this track with uh, uh, with the rain tires on than you were with slicks. Hey, let's let's get our race tire expert in here, Paul Whittington, on this. And how did that even happen, Paul? Well, I I, I think that happens because there's more grip in the in the tires with the treads. Okay, I, I think that's why that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, or that's why I say that's why that happens. That's why you go faster because you have the the tires with the, with the tread that produces more grip. I thought some of the racing was better with the uh, with the wet weather tires versus the the racing slicks. Um, I I would have I would have gladly run the All Star race on the on the treaded tires, um, <laughs> but but yeah it's it's opened up a, a lot of new doors of of possibility. You know we've seen them do do similar stuff at, at road courses, but we haven't really seen it on an oval. And there's been a, des- a desire to try it on an oval, uh, but nobody's been brave enough yet, or we just haven't gotten dangerous enough yet. I I, I don't know, but uh, they were they were able to to slap them on the on these race cars uh, to start those heat races on Saturday night. And I noticed that as uh, as we were chatting it up with Alex Hayden on Saturday that everybody was all all the pit crews were were stocking their stalls with with these wet weather tires. And I asked him about it. We had had a little bit of a conversation about it. But um, nevertheless, uh, it was it was great. And I'm excited to go somewhere like uh, Martinsville or or New Hampshire or or a track that just doesn't – I don't think you're going to be able to do it at the at the high-banked ovals. Yeah. But if you go to a, a track that's uh, 15 degrees of banking or less, I, I think maybe you got a relatively good shot. You just got to get the standing water out of the way. And that's easy to do with those, um, with with the uh, the track drying equipment that they have, and you just got to dry pit pit road. Pit road needs to be dry, but the the beauty of just getting rid of the standing water is you can put these cars on the racetrack, have them turn some laps, and then the asphalt will just start naturally drying itself because you're you're just putting heat in the racetrack every every with every lap that you make. Yeah, it's 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 awesome, and it's it's one of those things where we'll kind of look back on this as. Again, it may be just a minor change, uh, but that's big. That could be the difference in sometimes us being able to catch a race on a Sunday uh, instead of having to wait till Monday, even though, you know, I don't know, typically makes a Monday go by. I'm not against Monday racing, but uh, I'm pretty sure NASCAR would like to keep, you know, you tend to lose some of the crowd when you have the uh, the carryover into the next day. But I, I think that was exciting. So, uh, I guess the only problem you guys had right was uh, was the in and out, right? The traffic was probably the worst part of the of the weekend. It actually wasn't that bad, and uh, Paul will speak to this too. In fact, it's something I tweeted uh, this morning uh, from the North Wilkesboro organizers 
They got every, did you see that tweet, Paul? They got everybody out in an hour and 42 minutes. All parking lots were empty. Wow. An hour and 42 minutes after the race ended. And to me that, yeah, you're right. It, it was, it, it was, uh, of course, I mean, you're going to shove 30,000, 35,000 people into, uh, that very, and Mark, when I tell you, have, have you ever been to North Wilkesboro before I say what I'm getting ready to say? Yes. Well, then yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, it is that racetrack was carved into a hill in the mountains of North Carolina. I mean, it's not like it's a flat surface, you know, like it, every other uh, track in in America or NASCAR track in America. This was literally carved into into the mountain, and I mean, even so, and I know it's a you know it's a tire. Uh, cliche or adage that people use. And I heard it several times myself. I mean, you know, you go up and then you go down. I mean, there's literally 18 foot of uh, difference between uh, the highest point of uh, the racing service and the lowest point. But uh, I, I got to give them credit, man. I mean, the only, the things I have to complain about uh, uh, Mark about the whole weekend are trivial things. You were talking about first world problems. I mean, the Wi-Fi could have been a little bit better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to hear you chuckle about that. And it could have been a little bit better. It was sketchy. And I mean, but once you got into it, once you got on their uh, fan first uh, Wi-Fi, it was good. The only other thing I got to compl- that I have to complain. I'll tell you this, though. There were so many uh, thumbs up here, Mark. You had no excuse. If, if you needed to, it, when nature called Mark Panicelli, you had no excuse because I have never and I'm talking about going to many other races in the past, going to other events, going to county fairs and state fairs and all this. There had to have been one-to-one uh, porta potties for people that were at the race almost, okay? <laughs> hey, hey, tell him, Paul, well, my history. What's crazy, Mark, is you're five miles away from the racetrack, okay? You're five <laughs> miles away from the racetrack, and you approach an intersection where they have two troopers set up. And there's a porta potty beside those <laughs> beside those patrol cars. He's dude, and you're five miles away from the racetrack. Well, even uh, Paul called it. You'll love this, Mark. He called it porta pot. What was it porta potty city? Uh, <laughs> no, porta potty park. Yeah, porta potty park. I mean, uh, I, I, dude, I don't even know, man. I, I, Paul, throw it out there. Uh, a thousand? No, oh, easily, easily, uh, probably I, more than that. Uh, Mark, there had to have been 1,000 to 1,200 porta potties out there, and that is not hyperbole. It was crazy. There was no excuse. If you needed to go to the bathroom, by God, you didn't have to help me. You didn't walk more than 100 yards, did you? No. And there's a porta potty there. No. Every bathroom was downhill, though. <laughs> there, wasn't, there wasn't a single bathroom uphill. So after you after you get done relieving yourself, you got to walk back uphill to get to wherever you're going. But. Um, there were even some bathrooms that were down some stairs in yeah. like this basement, which was weird, but <laughs> nevertheless, fun time. Mark, I'll tell you, uh, I mean, the food, and this is something that, uh, Paul mentioned while we were there too, the food prices, there was nothing outrageous. I mean, beer, you didn't find a beer more than $5. I mean, bottles of water and uh, bottles of of delicious Coca-Cola products. Uh, did you like that? Was that pretty good there? Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they were all $3 each. I mean, hot dogs were $3. Hamburgers were $5. I mean, it was just, I mean, and then they had all these food trucks too, and they weren't outrageous. I mean, you other than paying for the tickets, which those were where they were, I mean, they didn't try to break you once you got inside the inside the track, dude. 
so much to there's so much for me to absorb. Somewhere I'm thinking about a construction crew in Wilkes County that calls the porta potty company and goes, I just need a porta potty for like a, for like a week or something. They're like, <laughs> Are you crazy? The race is going on that weekend. Where there's no porta potties in, in a five county area. Uh, so uh, that's kind of funny, uh, and good that they got the traffic in and out. Because if you if you do know that road, it's like right yeah. off the highway. It's like right off the frontage road. Like it just it's right there, uh, and it doesn't look like it's easily in or out. But that is good. Um, one of the things that the TV folks and a lot of the uh, drivers or personalities that were interviewed, <clears throat> and I knew this would be the case, and you're gonna love this, Brian. Be proud of your people, and I knew that because this, this is so old school NASCAR is how everybody they ran into, if they went into a restaurant, if they went into a store, they bumped into the people of Wilkes County, and they were just so welcoming of everybody there, people that came, that were there to, uh, that were uh, in NASCAR, that were participating, and certainly those that were uh, visiting to, to watch the race. is something that was said by multiple people about the, the community welcoming NASCAR back, and we talked about that last week, and especially, Brian, on your end, because you know you've seen the economic impact of losing that race and what it's meant to that county. So uh, certainly a lot of grateful folks in Wilkes County, and it was noticed by everyone there uh, that was participating. So I, I think that's, uh, that, that goes a long way. Like I said, that's that good Western North Carolina uh, hospitality no, for you, Brian. Man, that's not Western North Carolina. That's Wilkes County hospitality, there, Mark Panicelli. <laughs> okay, forget, okay. Forget Surrey County and Allegheny and Yadkin and all those counties. That was Wilkes County hospitality there, and we can speak to that too. Now we didn't do a lot of. Uh, in fact, we didn't do. You know, come to think of, dude, we didn't go to Speedy Chef, man. Well, I know. I just realized that. Uh, we didn't uh, really do a lot right around the track, but I can tell you this, though, Mark. I mean, the, the people who ran the trams, we parked in a parking lot that was about a mile and a half away from uh, from the track itself, and I've got a cool story for you. I don't. It's not a bad story, but uh, how a hard-headed Paul walked back from the track to our parking lot one night it was it's a it's a i'll tell you that that was um that to me mark was the the toughest part about getting out of the racetrack if you were at a place that had to go to like we parked at the green lot which was like a mile away from the racetrack well by the time you actually got to the parking lot that picked you up to get you to the parking lot it was about a mile and a quarter away from the racetrack not the point. <laughs> getting on those tram rides after a race was insanity yeah absolutely insanity because what happened was you um you had tents you had you had a road and on one side of the road was a couple of tents and on the other side of a road on uh, on the other side of the road was a suburb of porta potty park <laughs> and because there were more. Well, it had more porta potties yeah. in it dude and um <laughs> and so the way that they had these trams was you can only get in you can only board the tram from one side so simple common sense logic tells you you board from the tent side because that's where all the room is and that's where everybody's waiting. <laughs> nope. But no, my nope. friend. You board from the porta potty side. Um and it was just a madhouse. There was no line. You you could you could stand there and wait twenty minutes and if you didn't bully bully. Well, t- yourself tell on, them what I called it. 
Mad remember. Max. Remember Mad that? Max, that's right. <laughs> Thunderdome. It, it was, dude. It was beyond Thunderdome. And, dude, it was everybody for themselves. Thank God. Now, you know, Brian's a, a bigger guy, and, you know, of course – uh, Paul is a U.S. Army soldier, so I mean, we didn't have any trouble. Yeah, I felt a little bit bad when he uh, when he threw that kid out of the tram. I thought that was unnecessary. Well, was you know, and then his parent, well, but but it helped me because the parent chased after their kid, so I was able to sit beside Paul. Mm, that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> I was waiting for your response there, but uh, like I said, dude. Uh, oh, we didn't get a chance to do a whole lot right around there, but I'm telling you this, dude. The people who ran the trams, I mean, the volunteers in their orange shirts all throughout, uh, there, there had to, there were hundreds of volunteers out there. And as you said, Mark, and I mean, I'm glad they said that on the air too. It just, everybody was so kind. I mean, and it was, it was at Wilkes County hospitality and you could tell the people that you talked to, they were truly appreciative that, uh, that we were there. And again, I mean, when. When you've gone through some of the stuff that, well, I mean, Wilkes County, and I hate to say this, I mean, at one time was the uh, was the meth capital of the world. I mean, and then after it went through that, it was just all the problems they've had there. And honest to God, Mark and Paul, you can directly trace it to, because this stuff wasn't going on 27 years ago. It wasn't going on 30, 35 years ago, the economic uh, distress that Wilkes County was in. I mean, there were poor people there, don't get it twisted, but... Uh, it, it hadn't sunk to the degree that it had over the last 25 years or so. And I just think this is a way back. And again, like you said, Mark, I love that they were talking about how everybody was appreciative. And I know everybody I came across that was in the orange shirt or was volunteering or whatever, just did a, a fantastic job. And man, Wilkes County just, they, they looked amazing when you were there. And I love that they said that on the air too, Mark. Oh, that's good. I had a bad joke, but I, I'm not going to do it. It's Monday, and I should behave. You should, so, especially if it was derogatory so, of God's country, as I, as I called it. I wasn't times. derogatory. It was just, you know, it was really based on what you said. So, I mean, it's nothing that you didn't say. It was just, you know, me trying to uh, to, to benefit uh, from, uh, from, from the hardship. Well, yeah, I guess it is sort of like that. I would just say <laughs> Wilkes County was a mess. It was just a mess uh, all the way wow. around. Oh, good. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, oh, dang it. Sorry. See, I he told you. He did it anyway, Paul. He did. He did. <laughs> well, listen, uh, before we get, because, dude, we've got to get dive into Celtics, man. I need to, oh, oh my God, Mark. I need some. What? Th- I know. I need what? some therapy here. But what, what, are the, what is this? Celtics. What? I, I know oh. not what you speak of. Good God. And, um, I'm so yeah. heartbroken. And well, anyway, we're going to do a solid 10 to 12 minutes on that here in a moment. The last thing I do want to say, uh, Paul has brought him up several times and he was on the program on the Brian Hanks show on Friday in our second hour. And uh, I cannot say enough. And I know I want to give Paul an opportunity to also, but I got to tell you, Mark Panicelli, when we grow up, we want to be Alex Hayden. Okay. And I mean that in the most positive, just awesome way. I mean, he comes down uh, between uh, between races on Saturday and just hangs out with us. I mean, just I, I I can't reveal everything because I mean he really dude he talk about we felt like I can't speak for Paul but I can speak for myself here. I felt like a NASCAR insider after he left us, dude, because uh, our seats had cleared out because everybody was you know going to get something to eat or you know going back to the car for a little bit or whatever. He came down and sat with us for. 45 minutes? Yeah. yeah. I mean, easily 45 minutes. Gave us all the insides about NASCAR. Dude, took us up in the MRN uh, studio up in uh, uh, at the track. 
And then on top of everything, man, gave us a couple of sweet MRN baseball caps, dude. How about that, man? And just was nice. so good to us. And when I say Mark Panichelli, and I know you're this way, and I try to be this way too. Dude, I want to be like him. I hope when people meet you, Mark Panicelli, and they meet me, that they come away with the same experience that Paul and I had after Alex Hayden meeting him. And really, I mean, I talked to him, you know, we've had him on the air three or four times on the show. But just to be able to sit and talk to him, dude, it was just like you and I hanging out or me and Paul or you and Paul hanging out. It was just awesome, wasn't it, Paul? It was. He he was absolutely great. Uh, like like Brian said, after the truck race and after they went off the air, he came down there, hung out with us, gave us some hats, talked uh, talked some racing with us. Uh, Brian Brian and him chatted up uh, chatted it up about Wilkes County and some of their mutual connections from uh, from their careers in in this industry and um it was it was great times then we got to go up uh, upstairs and and see where the magic happens see where their broadcast happens meet uh jeff striegel and dave moody as well um it was just uh, an all-around great time and and he was absolutely generous with his time uh there, there's not a better guy uh yeah. in well mark in, in nascar oh radio, in nascar oh okay, okay. In nascar radio than, than alex <laughs> hey, mark i'll tell you what and i'll say this before i kick it to you mark it reminded me, and, and take this in the extreme compliment that I'm giving you, dude, of when you welcomed me just some little, you know, nobody from Lenore County, and you welcomed me to sit in on your show for uh, I don't even know how many times, five or six or seven times when I was trying to put my show together, and I took so many things from you. And, I mean, I literally took things from you. I don't know if you're missing those couple of bobbleheads, but uh, – no, oh, sorry, no, I'm joking, dude. But it just it reminded <laughs> me of how gracious you were with your time and how you opened up your studio to me and let me just sit there and hang out with you and watch how you did things. And, and honestly, dude, three and a half years later, people who listen to my show – they hear a lot of things that I stole. Uh, not st- that I borrowed from your show. Okay. <laughs> well, again, and I appreciate it. Uh, you know, you're you're way too kind. But uh, but no, I, I, look. And as far as you, you got all the bobbleheads, hey, don't forget <laughs> to check your ballpark out. By the way, yes. See if you. No, but uh, but in all seriousness, look. Um, and I want to say this, and I've I've been fortunate enough. You know, one, I'm I'm a huge racing fan. Um, and two, being able to work in, in the industry that we work in, um, I've been able to hang and look for folks listening to the, uh, to us on ESPN later in the afternoon, you heard Alex Hayden and the motor racing network. And I've, I know a lot of those folks too. Um, and, uh, you know, whether it's MRN or PRN or the guys at the IMS radio network, um, I got to be honest with you. You can go to TV. You can go to the drivers. Uh, you can go to uh, most of the people in the industry. I've covered every sport you can think of, every stick and ball sport. Uh, and then uh, you could go to motorsports. I, racing and the racing community are the nicest, most uh, real uh, and genuine and giving people that you will ever meet in any sports media. Uh, there's so much, I guess, competition. And, I, and I'll and i be honest, I've experienced rudeness, and I'm not saying you can't have or meet great people in the industry when you cover football or basketball or baseball, and that's on the pro or the college or high school levels of anything. But when you, like I said, when you meet racing folks, when you meet from the drivers who drive it to the, the crew chiefs to the media people that cover it, uh, just some of the greatest salt of the earth people. And that includes people like Alex Hayden of, of MRN, 
But like, like I said, I would say from top to bottom, uh, there are no more, I would guess, just communal, nice, wonderful people than they are in the racing community. Uh, so there you go. I mean, I just, and I, and I, and I say that in all sincerity. On that note, you, you talk about the, uh, the, the niceness that exists in the racing community and that, that really extend, extends to the fans. Um, and one thing that, that I noticed yesterday while I was walking around the racetrack, uh, before, before the start of all the festivities, getting ready for the Dirk Bentley concert and, and that sort of stuff. I got out of the car and walked, or I didn't walk to the racetrack. I rode the tram to the racetrack, and then when, when it dropped off, I got out and walked. And you're, you're in this parking lot with all these fans tailgating and stuff, and as you're walking to the racetrack, all the all the team guys, the pit crew guys, are getting out of their cars, dressed up in their, in their uniforms. They're walking in with you. And, and nobody's bothering them. Nobody's... Um, sitting there trying to, there's not a line of people trying to get pictures with them or anything like that. Uh, they're just all speaking and, and they're all, they're all waving at one another and everybody's having a good time. And we kept on and, and these guys went into the racetrack and then I, I kept walking. And as I'm, as I'm passing this other parking lot, uh, Rudy Fugel, crew chief of the, uh, the number 24 William Byron car gets out of his car and, and is walking up to the racetrack and, and we said, Hey, to each other. And then, I make it to the midway, and Kyle Petty's riding around the midway on a motorcycle. <laughs> um, and then you come out of one of ten thousand porta potties, and <laughs> and there's uh, Michael McDowell just walking around the midway with his family. Uh, the Motor Racing Network guys are walking around the midway, um, and then I'm heading back to the car, and Kyle Bush is pulling in to uh, to the driver's parking lot, and he's got to stop so I can I can walk across and. And everybody's waving, and he's waving back, and um, it's just—it's crazy to me that how how different NASCAR is from other sports. Can you imagine showing up to a Washington Nationals game and pulling into a parking deck and park right beside you is uh, is Davey Martinez or, or anybody <laughs> on the team, right. and you get out of the car together and you walk and you walk inside together? It doesn't happen in other sports. It doesn't happen in other sports, but. If you go to a NASCAR race and you're in a certain parking lot very close to the racetrack, it's very possible you might be parked beside uh, a guy from one of the crews. Just a well, response look, there, Mark. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it, it's absolutely true. And I've got great stories. Um, uh, I, I, the guy driving uh, Will Powers. A golf cart one time gave me a ride from the Richmond infield out to one of their little satellite parking lot. So I got to sit in the back of the of the thing. I've I've eaten dinner in the campground with a racing crew that ever, that were cooking on the grill. I mean, it's man, it's real down to earth people, and uh, and that's why it's one of the reasons why I fall in love with racing. And I love the you know I love the sport in general. I love the cars. I love the feel. I love everything about it, but man, it makes you love it that much more when you go to these events. And it's just, you know, as I said, I mean, and this is some somewhat hyperbole because it's a little harder to walk up to Dale Jr. But let me just say this. You, you have a lot better chance walking up to Dale Jr. and having a conversation than you would say walking up to LeBron James and having a conversation, yeah. especially like at an event. And, uh, and as I said, approachable, Yes, but uh, but personable, uh, as, and as I said, and then even further down, just as I said, uh, you know, uh, how many times often 
And and I know, you know, the king kind of sets a standard, Richard Petty, you know, it's like until the last fan is served, until the last fan is happy, you know, racing folks are there to uh, to make sure you have a good time and make you feel like you're part of it. Absolutely. That voice you're listening to, that's Mark Panicelli. He is the host of The Drive with Mark Panicelli on 252 ESPN 107.5 in Greenville, 107.5 in New Bern, and all you have to do is just, you know what, but when you're not listening to us here on 960 The Bull, put it on 107.5, and you can, uh, one of either New Bern or Greenville bleeds over into Lenore County and Kenson. You can listen to Mark on one of those from 5 to 6 Monday through Friday. We're running out of time. Let me ask you, I know Paul's got to go at the top of the hour. Could you stay with me uh, maybe five minutes or so into the second hour, Mark? Yes, sir. You have me. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure uh, because I do, we have got to, we've done no Hurricanes talk. We've done no Celtics talk, which is fine. This has been the, the thing has been fresh as our mind, you know, being up in North Wilkesboro. Uh, but uh, I, I, while we've got him, let's, why don't we hit the Hurricanes in and we'll do the uh, Celtics at the top okay. of the hour when uh, Paul's got to leave us. But uh, just, uh, Man, just heartbreaking, Mark. I mean, two overtime games that literally could have gone either way. One of them that goes until one fifty-seven in the morning, Mark. And uh, and here we are, uh, we, and I say we as I'm sitting in Paul's crazy impressive man cave that's got, oh, I don't know, about 150 pieces of Carolina Hurricanes uh, memorabilia between pucks and sticks and posters and everything, dude. So I, I'm allowed to use the word or the, the word we here. Anyway, my point being, Mark, all right, let's get Paul's thoughts on this before he's got a uh, jet. <sighs> Can they come back? And I'll start with yeah. you, Paul, and then we'll go to you, Mark. Uh, uh, what What is the recipe to the Hurricanes winning four of these last five games? Score more goals than the other team. Um, all right. And, and I say, <laughs> simple, yeah. Yeah. I sounds, it sounds sarcastic, but, but it's true, right? Uh, you, you have to uh, – you have to get to your game early, and you got to find the back of the net early and often. Uh, you, you've got to figure out how to beat up these Panthers, and and you got to take the home crowd advantage out of it. Uh, that that's going to be key when the series shifts to Florida later tonight. Uh, you, you need to go into that game prepared to score early, prepared to score often. Like I said, take the home crowd out of it, uh, and just claw your way back. Don't let the game go to overtime. And, and expose their goaltender. Uh, Barkov's been excellent this series. Uh, looked look great in both games. Uh, but but I thought the Canes were the better team in both games. Uh, they, they outshot Florida. They I, I thought they outmaneuvered Florida. Just a couple of lucky bounces go their way, and, and now the series is 2-0 heading back to Florida. So uh, I, I think the Canes can certainly come back. I think winning four out of uh, the, the remaining five is, is tough. But is definitely doable, so I'm I'm all about it. Listen, I I don't like uh, all the money that I'm spending for the playoffs, but but I'm willing to uh, to give some money back so the series can come back to Raleigh and and we can play for a Stanley Cup. I love it. Same question to you, Mark. Uh, the road to the Hurricanes coming back, winning this thing, and making it to the Stanley Cup final. Oh man, uh, you know, I, I I'm trying to focus on being positive about this, I feel like what's missing is some offensive creativity, and it almost feels like this is where the Andrei Sveshnikov absence really is just glaring right now for the Canes because uh, they just can't seem to score goals. And the guy who I'm really – and I know this seems harsh, but unfortunately it's the way. 
it's guys like Sebastian Ajo specifically him because man you you need your star players to be star players and right now this team needs a win and if they if if, if they find themselves back where they've only scored a goal or maybe even two goals and God forbid they lose another overtime game they lose this period I mean it's over it's over because you can't coming back oh three is just a pipe dream at this point so. To me, obviously, they've got to find some offensive creativity. They've created uh, chances. They've outshot, and I think, Florida in both games. But the, they just have not been able to score uh, at all. And, you know, the, good for the Canes. They've, they've played both of their – I think both of their goaltenders have played well. I, I think you've got to blame the losses on the lack of, of, uh, of goal scoring. And, and not – you know, they've, they've had possession. They've had opportunities. The, the creativity is not there. They're just not able to, to find a way to get around uh, Dombrowski, Dombrowski. What's his damn name? I'm sorry. <laughs> the guy's getting on my nerves right now. He's playing out of his mind. So uh, right right now, that's the key. They've got to crack that code. Well, the proverbial standing on his head, right? Yes. Yes. He's standing, he's standing on Carolina's head right now. I don't even know. What you described that it's and that's often how these teams win Stanley Cups is when you can get your goaltender to play like that and stop. Well, I feel like what in two games? What did he face like eighty shots or something like that between the two games? I mean, uh, and then to only allow just a couple of goals. I mean, it's you know it's it's tough, but I mean this is where again no excuses. I mean you have the season you have. And uh, and nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Certainly, nobody else in the NHL. And um, you know, right now I'm I, right now I'm struggling between my NHL, my Stanley Cup, and my NBA playoffs. <laughs> right now, are very, not not having a good time, guys. Not having a good time. Well, we're going to delve into that a little bit more, especially on that Boston Celtics side of it, the NBA playoffs. Which you and I, ironically, we're both Celtics and Hurricanes fans. That's Mark Panicelli. He's going to stay with us a couple of minutes into this uh, second hour. Yeah, and I, I do want to correct something I said. I said Barkov was having a good series. Uh, that name was wrong. It was Sergei Bobrovsky, the uh, the the goaltender for Florida. He's having a great series. Well, there that's you it. go. And Kachuk. Dumbrovsky, I mean, that's what I like. Yeah, Kachuk He's keeps, so uh, keeps ending the games. Yeah, and, if, and, I, if I hear Kachuk one more time, I'm going to Kachuk up. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. That was terrible. Paul Whittington, good. thank you so much, dude. Thank yeah. you for letting me use your uh, your spacious and awesome uh, man cave here to do the show this morning. We'll talk to you later, my friend. Yeah, I just need the room at 815. <laughs> you need That's the room at 815? Oh, great. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Mark, you're going to hang with us? I'm hanging. I'm hanging. There you go. This ends the first hour of the Brian Hanks Show. Coming up, second hour, more Mark Panicelli, Clay Harrell from Arendelle Parrot Academy on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College.